Welcome to the Inner Power Podcast, the place to help you unleash your inner power and develop unshakable confidence to finally create kick-ass results in your career, relationship, and life that embrace who you are. I'm your host and personal confidence coach, Olga, and I'm here to share practical and actionable techniques, real-life wisdom for myself and other powerhouse women with the backup of human behavior science. This is the place where you will learn it all to finally step up your game, feel great about yourself, and live life with a new sense of unfuck with ability. If you're ready to step into your fabulous and most powerful self, let's do this. Hello and welcome to a new episode on the Inner Power Podcast. I'm your host and confidence coach Olga, and I'm so happy that you're back with me for a new week. Today or this week, I want to do something completely new, something I haven't done before, but I think it's going to be really good. So what I'm going to do is instead of recording a new episode this week, I want to bring back um, an interview that I have already done with Ravina Kissan. You're going to hear basically a really amazing interview that I did with Ravina. Ravina is um, not only the director of her own clinic in Australia, but she's also a medical um, scientist, herbalist, and naturopath. And... Um, Ravina focuses especially in fertility, hormone um, balance, and hormone-potentiated cancer. And Ravina also helps hundreds of clients each month with digestive problems, behavioral health issues, and stress. And um, I think stress is such an important topic that we don't really talk about enough or that we don't really know how to handle really well. And so I thought... With these particular times, still COVID going on, really experiencing partly very intense situations, you know, within our families, uh, with our children, in our relationships, at work, you know, all of our um, areas in life are affected by stress um, these days. And I had this amazing conversation with Ravina, and I think it would be so valuable to bring it back to you this week and have you listen to find out really what stress actually is, how it basically um, impacts our lives and can cause real um, health damages, diseases within us, and um, how to treat it. So there's many things that we're going to talk about. So if you're interested in finding out how you can manage your stress better, how to get back into balance, how to actually use your food, use your lifestyle in order to um, create a hormonal balance for yourself that allows you to show up more courageously, more healthy and find out what number one practice you should start doing um, that even Rorina's doc is practicing, <laughs> then um, stay tuned and uh, keep listening. I'm so happy to have this powerhouse woman with me today because Ravina Kissen is not only the director of Whitsunday Health Clinic, but she's also a qualified medical scientist, herbalist, and naturopath. And with a strong interest in the body's chemistry, Ravina likes to combine the science and technology of blood testing with the power of herbal medicine. Specializing in fertility, hormone balance, and hormone-potentiated cancer, Rowena also helps hundreds of clients each month with digestive problems, behavioral health issues, and stress. And with clinics in the Whitsunday, Sydney, and regular visits to McKay, Brisbane, and Bangkok, Rowena spends most of her time helping her patients attain optimal health, no matter what the concern. And not only is she um, an expert 
on, let's say, well-being with the body and everything related to that. But she's also an expert at being a businesswoman, which I love. So I'm so happy to have her today with us and share her story. So welcome to the show, Robina. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you, Olga. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Of course, we're happy. For me, the work that you put out there is not like the, the work that I see other classical, let's say, doctors, naturopaths in this type of professions doing their work or creating a business. So I'm really intrigued about, you know, what is the actually the story behind? How has been your journey in creating this business and um, bringing it to a success level really that you have? Let's maybe start just with the simple fact, like what brought you to this profession? What made you be intrigued about becoming a naturopath in the first place? Like, has there been a particular moment in your life that has, you know, kind of inspired you that has somehow shifted something in your mind where you said like, oh my God, this is what I want to do? Okay, well, my uh, family upbringing was such that you know, my mum, my dad, my grandfather, aunties and uncles, you know, they're all sort of medically trained doctors, dentists, uh, pharmacists, nurses, etc. So mm -hmm. I was brought up in a very medical setting, right? But at the same time, having a, um, even though I'm born in Australia, having a Indian uh, background, mm -hmm. Uh, I would see a lot of, uh, you know, medical-related things as a child, you know, when I'd go to visit dad at work. But when I'd come home, if I had a cold or a flu, my mum would mix up different herbs from the garden mm -hmm. or, you know, different dried herbs and she'd use a very traditional approach. Mm. So I grew up seeing both and I also grew up seeing that my family, although being very medically orientated, had a huge appreciation uh, for natural medicine as well. So when I went on to study in high school and then university, I, I did take the medical approach, mm -hmm. um, you know, science and medicinal chemistry, uh, you know, it, it became a huge interest to me and uh, pharmaceutical drugs, etc. But there was always a part of me that uh, was curious about the natural side. But then something very interesting happened. I, um, I finished at university and decided to go work in uh, India for three years and do some study there as well. Wow. And being in a place like India made me realise that natural medicine and allopathic medicine don't have to be two separate things mm -hmm. because in India it's very much uh, combined. You can go to your GP Uh, with, a, with a cold and walk out with a cold and flu tablet but also herbal medicine at the same time. It's, it's not segregated at all, whereas I found more in Australia there's you're either a naturopath or you're a GP. You can't sort of be a combination of both. And the, the term integrative medicine at that time, we're talking about 2005, 2004, around that time, we didn't really hear those words very much, the integration of natural and medical. So having that experience in India made me come back to Australia and enroll myself straight away in herbal medicine, nutrition, naturopathy and homeopathy uh, so that I could get a good understanding of the uh, the natural side of things. And so now in my business, I use both. Cool. Uh, if a patient comes to see me, 
They might receive all natural medicine. They might receive pharmaceuticals or a combination, or they might see one of my colleagues who, um, you know, uh, use things like acupuncture and osteopathy and counselling and things like that. So uh, when we take the the term holistic mm-hmm. and um, include medical and pharmaceutical in holistic, whereas typically the word holistic is talking about mind, body and soul, but we say mind, body and soul and science and pharmaceuticals where necessary. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I think actually like probably many people – underestimate the power of um like you say like natural like herbs ayurveda like that that you don't always need to you know take in a lot of like chemicals like uh the the classical pharmaceuticals but actually like there's so much out there in nature that can be even better for you but people are just not aware of i feel I, I agree. And the other thing is, is that pharmaceutical medicine is designed to uh, sort of, uh, I guess, mask symptoms, mm. which if you have a very bad pain and you want to mask that pain, then a pharmaceutical is great for that. Natural medicine is really good at getting down to the root cause of the problem and solving it in its entirety uh, so that the problem is not there anymore. And uh, sometimes it's good to use both. And sometimes if the patient can handle it, just using natural alone can be the best way, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. And so talk us a little bit through your journey of, you know, building a business around it, because I feel like it's not just, you know, the classical clinic, like I mentioned, but it's turning like into a real business because you're not only doing like the let's say the the regular or classical naturopath uh, activities but also you have your line of products um you're doing you know you're offering services that in my opinion are more like thought out with regards to customer convenience social media presence educating people online things that like those classical professions don't do so how did you actually start out and how have you, you know, developed it to this level where you are today? I think the, the most important thing for me has always been stick to what I'm good at and mm-hmm. find people who are good at other things to help me along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been doing that since the beginning, so I never try and look after my own social media or my own marketing, advertising or website or anything for that matter. Mm-hmm. I simply uh, let these amazing people who help me uh, know what my vision and my goal is and allow them to, to, to help me achieve my dream. Um, I try not to be an expert in all fields. I try to just put all my energy into actually, you know, uh, uh, learning more and offering more to, to my patients. So even when it comes down to uh, manufacturing, uh, yes, I do manufacture my own products. I have a line of 12 uh, uh, tablets and capsules mm-hmm. and also a skincare uh, range as well. So the input that I put in was a lot to do with what I wanted in the tablets So the ingredients, the quality of ingredients, even sourcing the ingredients. I went overseas to check on these farms that are growing these herbs also in Australia. Uh, So so that's my forte is understanding the herbs, the ingredients and their active constituents. Um, As for things like labelling, packaging and how to, you know, do the website, all that kind of thing, I spoke to other people and talked to them about what my vision was and they helped me do that. So I think sticking to what you're really good at Mm -hmm. and – allowing other people to help you really does help. 
And how is it in Australia? Do like naturopaths usually stick to having a clinic or, you know, what made you, you know, in, in it's just my perspective, but what made you envision it like bigger than what other people are doing or different? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, what made me envision to make it bigger? Probably my personality. <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I like to keep active and busy and I have a I have a fire in me that wants to be able to treat and help as many people as possible. Mm. And for me to sit in a one room clinic and see one patient at a time, um, it's not enough. You know, if I can help ten people or a hundred people in a day, mm -hmm. that suits me better. Um, I uh, was brought up, um, you know, with the belief uh, that we all have a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, in some cultures called like a dharmic principle or, you know, the, you know, the reason why we are here. Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly that the reason I am here is to, um, in an honest and um, correct scientific way, help people with their health in as many ways as possible. Mm. And um, doing that in this day and age is, I feel, easier in the sense because we have social media, mm. we have websites, we have products we can create. There's so many avenues, even something as simple as creating a um, video or a podcast to educate the masses with no other benefit in mind except for knowing that someone's going to watch this or listen to this and know more about their health problem, that that really excites me. Uh, and um, that that's the fire that's within. And I would, I would do this job no matter what. <laughs> Amazing. And what do you think has helped you get your, your business to this level? I mean, you have like two locations you're traveling to others you're even going overseas to bangkok uh, sometimes um what do you think are some of the success factors you mentioned already you know sticking to you know what you're good at what are some other factors that you think contributed to you being able to scale this so in uh, the the way that i practice integrative medicine or naturopathy is such that I, I really stick to treatments and modalities that are scientifically uh, proven. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why I travel to Bangkok a lot uh, because I uh, work within an integrative uh, cancer hospital over there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do a lot of work in regards to cancer. Uh, and some of the treatments that we uh, recommend for our patients are not able to be given in Australia. Uh, but there, the hospital that I work at is located uh, in Bangkok, Germany and Mexico, and they are able to offer the treatments. Uh, so um, just reaching out again and finding people who can offer what I want, even I, there's no limits, there's no boundaries, you know. Um, so there's no limits or boundaries in the sense that um, if I want something to happen, If I need to give them an aeroplane for nine hours, I'm happy to do that. And when a patient really needs uh, help, they'll be happy to do it as well. So, uh, yeah, not uh, having that strong belief that um, life is limitless or the business is limitless um, is 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 definitely some a, a way a way forward for me, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, also having. Um, having the support of good people around me. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, uh, 
wonderful husband, amazing parents and brother and uh, staff who work with me who also share the same vision. Mm. Um, it's not easy to find people who share the same vision and, um, you know, it's taken time. And I also think that it takes time for myself as an individual to understand myself. So as I get older, I understand better who Rowena Kisson is and what she wants to give to the world. And as I learn all of those things and attract those people around me, uh, we're able to achieve those things together as well. And I think that's really important is putting that time into understanding yourself and mm. self-care and having time where you're not working, like scheduling in time where you don't work yeah. um, and you just enjoy nature or whatever it is that, you know, excites you. Yeah. So. Mm. Nice. And where do you think you got this belief from, life is, limit life is limitless? Is that something? <laughs> is that something your parents taught you, or something that you just, you know, learned from your own experience? I think um, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, uh, my my mum, I would say, is a little bit more uh, traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, uh, she, <laughs> oh gosh, I hope she doesn't get annoyed by me <laughs> saying this, but my mum is a little bit more traditional, and um, she likes. Not so much now, but you know, when I was younger, she liked to see me do the normal things mm -hmm. that a girl should do. You know, so a little, a little bit limiting. And I think, if anything, I I would um, revolt against that. Mm -hmm. And if your mum was like, you know, study hard and do this and do that and get married and have babies and all that kind of thing, I would think, what could I do that's the absolute opposite? <laughs> so it was almost like <laughs> never in a never in a bad way, but more in a you know, I, I sort of looked at it and I thought, no. I think I want to be more like dad. I want to be out there running my business and uh -huh. going nuts and, you know, um, that kind of thing. So um, maybe to be a little bit of a rebel against my mum and then maybe seeing my dad as as quite the role model is how it probably all started. Um, it's very interesting, you know, now that I'm a bit older, the tables have turned. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been the rebel and I'm doing what I want to do. And I can see myself now being quite attracted to what my mum finds important. <laughs> um, you know, like her relationships and family and all that kind of thing. So I'm, I, I feel more balanced, um, keeping them both happy, I suppose. <laughs> it's, it's like going, it's like closing the circle, no, somehow. Trying out the yeah. one way first and then taking the curve and going back to to your mom's, let's say, uh, um, perspective on life. You know, one thing that I've learned that, that, that I feel is very important to mention here is that, you know, I, I may look at life and see that, you know, that life is limitless and business is limitless and people's health is limitless. But what my views are may not be the same as other people. And it's something to uh, to understand and appreciate that we're all very different and thank goodness we're different because it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, if I feel that I have a friend or a family member who is making me feel quite limited in a certain way, mm -hmm. there is a lot to learn from that. And if I uh, revolt against that, um, eventually it's not going to work. You have to sort of listen and learn the lesson and understand, not necessarily have to agree, mm. um, but it's a beautiful Thing that we're all different and um you know i may run things a certain way there are a lot of you know people in my uh, line of work and field who definitely do not run their businesses the way that i do but i learn a lot from them 
Um, you know, I think that hanging around with other naturopaths and integrative practitioners and GPs who don't run their business like this kind of keep me grounded a little bit as well. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, we can always, I love the, the phrase or the statement like she is you or he is you. So in every person that we meet, it's really just, you know, whatever noises, whatever we appreciate, it's just like a reflection of ourselves. And like you say, it's like something to learn about. A hundred percent. Yeah. And to be open to those sorts of feelings, you need to eat well, you need to sleep well, and you need to be well rested for your mind to be open to learn those lessons. Yeah. And that all comes back to health at the end of the day that, you know, even in business or just in life, that the simple things of eating, sleeping and resting, mm -hmm. if you don't have those things sorted, then you your mind will not be open to receive the lessons. So yeah. that that's one of the main reasons why health is so important. That's mm. true. And I'm happy to dig into this a little bit later but let me ask you this first um what made like you said already your your dad was an inspiration when he came when it comes to business a little bit but what do you think like how do you develop like this level of courage that is necessary to you know to say like you know what most of you most of you guys in my field are doing um things like this way but I want to do it like a completely different way or an adapted way. Like what gives you the courage to, you know, go and do your thing? Because I feel so many women, um, you know, we're holding ourselves back because, I don't know, we don't believe in ourselves. We don't think we're good enough. And so all of this like negative self-talk and uh, lack of self-belief is like causing a lack of courage I feel because when you want to take action it's like this courage that you need inside of you to say I'm just going to do it anyway screw it so mm -hmm. what do you think is helping you to develop this level of courage that you have to attack things the way you're doing it I think to have courage or to be that warrior woman that we all have inside of us number one keeping your health in check, back to what I said before, you know, having the right amounts of energy, having balanced hormones, eating correctly, looking after your body. Because if a warrior woman is uh, trained and ready, you know, and is fit mm -hmm. uh, mentally and physically for anything. So that's the first thing when it comes to courage. Secondly, I, um, even though I have a presence on social media, I don't waste my time flicking around on social media, reading things that uh, are not going to make my life better or that moment better or educate me. Mm. So I, I am very careful to not uh, waste time on social media and I use it uh, at certain times of my day uh, to educate myself and to help me understand what's happening around mm -hmm. me and I just stay away from the rubbish. Um Also, when it comes to courage, another thing I am very careful to do uh, is to not worry about what other people think. Now, this is not just, you know, my next door neighbor or my friend down the road or a colleague. This is even when it comes to, you know, big associations, uh, medical associations who have, uh, I will admit, in the past, they've caused problems with me because I have made certain claims or said certain things about natural health, whereas in Australia we're not allowed to talk too much mm -hmm. um, about what natural health can do or what it can cure. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, sometimes I do it anyway and I um, I don't let uh, it 
you know, if a complaint gets put in, I don't take it personally. Mm. I take it as a situation that needs to be uh, resolved. If I can't do it myself, I find the right person or the right solicitor to resolve it for me. Um, but I'm not going to let anybody or any association uh, tell me that I am not allowed to say what I want to say because I know that that fire within me of wanting people to know the truth and how to get healthy mm-hmm. comes from a good place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from a place where I'm trying to market a product or increase sales or business or anything like that. It comes from a good place and therefore I don't worry too much about what, what other people say. So I think, let me think, I think they would they would be the main things in regards to courage. But number one, all comes back down to health. We have to be healthy to have courage, you know, to be that to be that woman, to be able to do anything. Mm. And so let, let's go deep into that. Um, because um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's, yeah, like actually I read that millennial women now are are um health wise um worse off than um previous generations of women actually when it comes to health um and the first topic that I really want to kind of dive deeper with you is stress because I feel like especially this generation like those women are are like super ambitious right we th- we want to have the career but then we also want to have the family we don't want to uh trade anything <laughs> for the other um we're super um uh how do you say that um we have so high expectations for ourselves um and then we're very demanding with our uh, like experiences we like some some fa- sometimes i feel like we don't take enough care of ourselves and um like just everything that you also see like you said you don't get into like too much into social media but when you do you feel like there's so high expectations of how your life should look like and what you should be doing how your relationship should be and so many people trying to live up to that right and so I think that's causing a lot of stress and actually I've seen like a number of friends struggling with serious like physical consequences let's say burnout like their body collapsed they had like partial numbness in the body in the face like cardiac attacks panic attacks and so on yet when I talk to them they're like and and I and I mentioned like their level of stress and you know taking better care of themselves they're like yeah but I don't feel like so stressed and so I'm like Mm. you know it seems like um somehow I don't know if it's like a negative connotation or what to stress, but you know, I see like the impact can be very heavy. And so like, maybe let's just, just start out with like clarifying what is stress really from like a bio biological, physical perspective, you know, to, to really become aware of maybe you are actually experiencing mm extreme stress you know even though you think oh I just have a lot of to-dos in my work or it's been a difficult week but things are happening you know um so what is stress actually I think the biggest issue here is that stress cannot really be defined Hmm. um because there's too many variables at play but if we separate things In a biochemical sense or in a body sense, stress is an increased level of cortisol or adrenaline, you know, like our stress hormones in our body, right? Now, we can have excess cortisol in our body and look like the most peaceful, relaxed person in the world, but we could have excess cortisol. And that excess cortisol could be produced 
because we have an imbalance in another part of our body, like our thyroid or something like mm-hmm. that. So we might feel fine, but we might have elevated cortisol. Sometimes you hear about people who, you know, they're 45 years old and they seemed, you know, pretty happy, but they had a heart attack mm-hmm. and it was stress induced, you know, and you think, where on earth did that come from? So in a biochemical sense, stress is, is a measurable, in a, I guess, is a measurable thing, you know, by how much cortisol we have in our body. But there's, there's, there's far too many variables. It's not just cortisol. If we look at, the, um, at our mental health, then the, the most typical description of stress is in regards to mental health. Like, oh, my, my neighbour down the road, she's so stressed. She's always running around. She's always worried. She's always... You know, the, the way that that person is acting, they mm. call it the stressful type. And actually, they could be acting that way simply because of their personality, mm-hmm. um, but they might actually feel fine to act that way. So are they stressed or aren't they? And um, another type of stress is uh, imbalance, that when we have high levels of acidity in our body mm-hmm. and an imbalance of hormones like estrogen, progesterone or testosterone or um, our thyroid hormones, for example, this can cause stress. Now, we won't talk stress like, oh, I'm so stressed and I've got too many things mm. to do today. In, instead, we'll get very bad period pain or we'll suffer mm. from infertility or we will, um, mm. you know, we'll have different uh, body symptoms that we would never have called stress, but in, in actual fact, they are a stress on the body. So there's many stresses. Of, stress is an umbrella term. Uh, and underneath the word stress is many, many different things. And that's why some people with their stress, they can suffer from mental health issues and other people with stress can suffer from infertility. And the third person with stress can suffer from suicidal thoughts. Mm. You know, it, it, it's so much variance at play. I think when it comes to stress, for me, not me personally, but what I mean is for me talking to so many patients mm-hmm. every week who describe their stress in different ways, one thing I see in common is that we don't give ourselves time to do nothing. That's the mm-hmm. first problem. And that we're, you know, like we're always uh, busy and looking for the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. This whole uh, concept of nothingness or being in the present moment or uh, taking time to just, um, be and when I say be, I don't mean with your phone or with the TV on. I mean just be, you know. Like a, if anyone listening uh, has a pet dog, for example, I have two dogs, and I love to watch them just be. You know, sometimes my dog Douglas, he'll go out onto the balcony, he'll sit down, and he'll just stare out into the mountains, and he could do that for one hour. And if a bird if a bird flies past, he'll he'll look at the bird. And then he'll go back to staring out at the mountains. And I wondered to myself, for that whole hour, what is he doing? <laughs> and he can spend sort of thing. And when it's time to play and when it's time to have a fight, you know, with his, his brother Ned or uh, that's my other dog or mm-hmm. something like that, then, then you can see his stress response coming in. Or when it's time to eat, mm-hmm. you know, and he's hungry and he wants his food and you can see that response coming in. But he, he gives himself so much time to just be in the present moment. And so I, I watch my dog, particularly on weekends when I have time to, and I think to myself, I think I want to be more like him, you know, <laughs> give time for nothing. And, um, and yeah, so a lot of my uh, clients, I find it really funny, you know, 
I'll be talking to them and they might hear their phone, uh, you know, make a noise and they'll pick up their phone and check their phone while they're talking to me. Or if I go outside to get a glass of water, I walk back in and they're on their phone again. And I think to myself, they're coming to see me and they're feeling stressed and they had a moment where they could have just sat quietly in my room, but no, they had this uh, this urge that they had to keep their brain mm. busy. It's like yeah. we, we, we've, yeah. we've unlearned that ability of appreciating yeah. nothingness. Yeah. What would you say are it, maybe also from your experience with working with your clients, like what are maybe some, you know, kind of signs that, our listeners if can can look out in themselves or look out for in themselves when they you know when they have some i don't even know like what can help them to not get to this point of being physically burned out of having like a cardiac attack of you know not experiencing this extreme levels hmm. the first thing Uh, back to what I said before, is finding time for nothingness. If you have time to sit on social media and get up to date with what all your friends are doing, that could be time well spent, mm -hmm. uh, meditating, staring at mountains, sitting on the couch and doing nothing, going to bed early even, you know, that, that would be one thing. If a patient finds that they have problems with their hormone levels, even with their skin health, um, if they're having problems with insomnia, like trouble sleeping or even digestive or bowel issues, these can all be symptoms of uh, that umbrella term of mm -hmm. stress. In actual fact, I believe that any health ailment, any problem, any single problem that we could have in the body could stem from uh, some some type of uh, stress. So if anything's going, anything at all, even acne, even um, oh my goodness, even even uh, cancer type uh, situations, heart disease, all of these things, mm -hmm. yes, they are they require chemical reasons for them, but the 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 mental health aspect uh, needs to be addressed a hundred percent. There's a lot of uh, research that I've been reading about in regards to uh, how a mobile phone or a computer or a TV, Uh, does the same thing to the brain that what certain drugs do in regards to increasing our dopamine levels. Mm -hmm. So um, staring at a screen can make us feel good and it's addictive. So, you know, if you've got little kids, um, you know, just considering is that a habit that you want to put them in yeah. uh, because they'll, it'll make them feel good, um, but what feels good is not necessarily good for us. Another thing, um, yeah, for for us as adults, uh, I see a lot of my patients who will turn to even just one or two glasses of wine or some kind of alcohol in the afternoon or evening to what they call wind down at the end of the night because they feel that it helps them to relax. Um, in actual fact, that alcohol is putting a lot of stress uh, on the liver Uh, which is going to upset their cholesterol levels, upset their digestion, upset their energy levels and so many other things. And so there's another example of stress right there for you. Putting stress on the liver is a type of stress because it's going to affect us mentally eventually. Um, we don't have to turn to a thing, an object, a screen, a drink uh, to feel relaxed. We, turn, we should turn to nothingness, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think even like... 
in I think in turning to the nothingness, we you automatically turn to yourself, right? And um, like you mentioned, also from from coaching clients, I I can see like like you mentioned earlier, if you don't invest time in getting to know yourself better, in uh, understanding, you know, I don't know why you're reacting to certain situations in a certain way or why you're doing things the way you're doing then um just doing this alone would already help so many people out there to deal with with stress better because Mm. you don't get triggered right you don't fall into the trap of having to live up to other people's expectations and all these kind of things or engage in social media because you don't feel happy enough with your own life whatever the reason is so what are really like um maybe long-term health issues we've already like talked a little bit but what are really long-term issues that you know can occur when you don't like start treating yourself around this topic when you don't start engaging mm-hmm. into nothingness mm-hmm. Uh, really any chronic disease, Uh, cardiovascular disease would be a big one and cancer would be a big one as well. They are the two that I think um, a lot of us living in the WEF worry the most about. Incidence of both cardiovascular disease and cancer is very high. Um, Everybody knows somebody who's either had a heart attack or had cancer now, um, which is different to what it was 30, 40 years ago. And um, they sound like very different diseases. And, yes, biochemically they are very different diseases. But even though we can't always explain exactly why a person does get cancer or why a person does have a stroke or heart disease, uh, what we can see is that by looking after our health from a young age Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing the right things in regards to food and exercise, and exercising the mind in a good way and, you know, contemplating on that nothingness, all of these things definitely help. Medicine and the way we see medicine today, it cannot ever completely explain why a person has a chronic disease. Mm. You know, we often get told that eating unhealthy food leads to high cholesterol that will give you a heart attack. But we know that now that's not true because people with normal cholesterol levels who are quite thin can still have a heart attack. Mm. And we get told that cancer can occur in people who smoke too much, which, like, statistically, if you smoke, you have a higher chance of it. But there are people who smoke who don't get cancer. Um, So there are so many variables at play, I feel, when it Mm. comes to uh, disease Uh, but you know we all I feel like we all have this little thing in our brain that knows right from wrong Mm. you know even if we haven't studied too much and you know about certain health topics or this or that you know we know what's right from wrong we know how to treat our neighbor I'm, I'm, I'm sure that kind of thing is somewhat inbuilt into our brain no matter what culture or what religion or our upbringing we know these things and we know that eating fruit and vegetables is going to be more healthier than eating something that's processed because it looks natural and looks beautiful on the plate you know and so even if you don't know anything even if you haven't done the research and you and Rather than getting bogged down with, hey, what's the best medicine for my cancer? Should I be 
taking cannabis oil or should I be taking vitamin C or should I be, you know, or, or, or worrying about like, hey, should I be on a ketogenic diet for my cholesterol or should I be on a paleo diet? Mm-hmm. Maybe going back to just uh, intuitively feeling what feels right, mm-hmm. what, what seems right. And that comes from a space of nothingness as well, is quietly saying, I'm going to uh, drown out all of this noise around me and I'm going to just look within and think about what is going to be best for my body. And then once somebody has done that, they can then seek out the right uh, professional to help them uh, rather than trying to figure it out on their own, Mm. you know. Again, we try and Google too much. uh, Dr. Google. uh, (laughs) If we try and Google what is the best thing for us, then that website has been written for a for a for multitudes. We're all individual people. My genetics, my background, my upbringing, my ancestors are very different to yours. Mm. You know where your ancestors came from, what they ate, how they lived their life. And so even though we are both human beings, we're different human beings and we could be prone to different diseases and therefore we have to look at our ancestry and have a look at the way our body functions individually and treat it that way. And that's where I feel that, you know, the help or coaching of a of an integrative practitioner or naturopath can be useful in regards to our body's health. And then, you know, um, getting help even when it comes to the mind through other mm. practitioners such as yourself is very useful as well because um, what we've been talking about this whole time today is that it's very much about mind and body. Yeah. And if you take herbs and vitamins thinking that's going to make you healthy, that's only 50%. Mm. It's the mind control. In actual fact, the mind is more powerful than the yes. body. The mind can allow you to do anything, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yes, actually, now that you you mentioned that, uh, I've recently, yeah, watched a, a, a few docu- uh, documentaries and interviews with people where it is just impressive how much the mind can, you know, cause in the body, both like negatively and positively, how, how it can cure things where you would think like, this is crazy, this is not possible, but yet just by believing and of course also some action, but overall belief And like controlling your mind, what an impact it can have on on your health, on your body is just like mind blowing. A hundred percent. And a lot of people will say, oh, Rowena, but I don't have time for that. I have three kids (laughs) and I have a business and I work six days a week and blah, 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 blah. And... And, you know, like I understand that I'm, I'm busy as well. I have three different clinics and different locations and, you know, I have a very busy life myself. But I, there's always something that we do or some habit that we have that we can drop to give us time to contemplate life and contemplate our health uh, rather than being entertained all the time. We, we, we're a society of people who keep saying yes, 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 yes to everything, mm. yes to long hours, yes to the kids. Yes to watching that TV show. Yes to staying up late. Yes to eating dessert. You know, uh, uh, yes to going to the part, the three parties on the weekend, and then also doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe if we say no more often, it would give us more time. Um, and it comes back to that that feeling of you know why do we feel like we constantly need to be entertained or busy? Mm. You know, schedule in that time to say 
no, this Saturday afternoon, I'm not going to go to that party or to that friend's house. I went there last week. I'm going to say no. And instead, I'm going to sit at home, contemplate life, maybe do some meal planning so that my week is easier next week. You know, something like that. Yes, totally. Um, I just had this, uh, ironically, the situation with a friend a couple of weeks ago where she was like, you know, oh, I, I wish I had this this time, this moment where I could just sit down and think about what it is that I want to do. And I was like, well, you you know, you got to take control of that. If you're just waiting for that moment to come, that moment will never come because something else will pop up. So you have to be proactive about it. And one thing that I feel also sometimes people forget is like each and every one of us has the same 24 hours so uh, yeah. a president or you know an pro athlete or whatever famous person you know or some successful business owner entrepreneur whatever they all have the same 24 hours they're just using it differently than than we are and that's that's what's giving them the results that they're getting both health-wise mm -hmm. professionally personally everything so just keep that in mind everybody who's listening your 24 hours are the same as everybody else's it's just a matter of how to use them i agree the 24 hours is exactly the same and you know the president the athlete and the entrepreneur something that you'll find in common with those three people is that they have discipline hmm. you know they've got they've they've um they've got the discipline to say to themselves that what i am doing or what my job is or what I stand for or the sport I play or the team that I represent or the country I represent um, as president is more important to me than my own selfish needs of wanting to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, there's a stronger force behind these people wanting to go out there and create something or make the world a better place. Yeah. And that creates discipline and then when the discipline is discipline's not a bad thing discipline's a great thing I love being disciplined <laughs> it means I can do 10 more things a day that somebody else might not be able to I absolutely love it and um yeah you get more done and I think that you're you're, you're happier at the end of the day so yeah dis discipline something for sure um let's switch a little bit to um hormones because this is like a very in important topic I feel for us women because as I've learned and correct me if I'm saying anything anything incorrectly but basically um, especially for us women hormones we're, we're so um, affected by them and so let's say um, n navigated let's say the way we perceive reality the way we react to things um the way we show up you know the way we feel is all controlled by hormones yes and for us women in particular because of our menstrual cycle uh, this is what i've understood this is since it is changing let's say every day throughout a month and then repeats itself etc this is why we get so um yeah so sensitive to, to little mm -hmm. spikes, right? Um, so maybe you can say a little bit like from your, let's say, expert position, like what are, why are hormones so important to us in, for us as women in particular? Like 
how do they affect us really i mean i don't know if i've said it correctly but this is how i just you know understood it and saved in my brain but uh, maybe you can you know uh, explain a little bit better it's one of my favorite things to talk about because it affects 50% of the world's i mean you know women's uh, you know hormone imbalances or hormone fluctuations affects all women really you mm -hmm. know and um The first thing that I want to say is that it's common belief um, that women's hormones uh, will make us go a little bit crazy before our period and can make us go up and down and can make us feel sensitive, et cetera, et cetera. A sensitivity, uh, too much sensitivity, I feel, can be a difficult thing because it can make us cry, it can make us break down, it can make us feel out of control. At the end of the day, if your hormones are impacting your life, where there's too much sensitivity or too much pain or too much um, just feeling anxious or out of sorts, then your hormones are out of balance. Mm. And many people have hormones who are out of balance and they need to be put back into balance. It's a very, very, very important thing. My goodness, if I can tell anyone anything in this, it would be that if you even think that your hormones might be out of balance, then you need to speak to someone who's educated in the area to get it sorted because it will change your life completely. Now, uh, a little bit of sensitivity or what I like to call vulnerability I think can be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And if that is going to affect me uh, once a month, maybe to make me be a bit more introverted or a little bit you know, contemplative or something like that, then I'm very happy with that, you know. Uh, but I, in in my life, I know what it feels like to have hormones that are completely out of balance, mm -hmm. you know, when I was younger, and I know what it feels like and it's not right. It almost feels like there's an alien in your body controlling your hormones and you have no say over it and it can really affect you mentally and it, it, it's, it's not good. You know, hormones can be balanced and they can be balanced very easily Through herbal medicine, we don't need to turn to chemical means such as the pill or, um, you know, implantive devices mm -hmm. or IUDs uh, that secrete hormones. We don't need to turn to those things uh, because they are secreting a different hormone into our body to block everything. We can work with our own natural hormones and just tweak them to the right level uh, so that we don't feel those huge ups and downs. Uh, I think it's very, very important. Another thing to consider is that, you know, feeling those ups and downs, is it's not nice in the space of a month to feel happy and then mm. sad or stressed and okay. And, and, you know, that needs to be balanced. But, you know, long term, if we have imbalanced hormones, it puts us at risk of things like uterine cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, or even mental health disorders because we've spent so much of our life being out of balance. Mm. So I, I, I don't want any female to feel, oh, look, a week before my period I'm just a nasty person, just mm -hmm. stay away from me. It's more complicated than that. Uh, one week of your month is one quarter of your reproductive life. That's true. And who wants, who wants to be miserable for one quarter of their reproductive life when it could be as easy as two to three months of herbal treatment to get everything back on track again. And who wants to turn straight to chemical means like the pill 
when our own body could do it all by itself. So what are some of the Um, hormones that we should take care of or that we should, you know, focus on to to feel centered and to feel great about ourselves? So uh, there's quite a few, but I'm going to stick to the main two, Mm -hmm. and that would be estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. So estrogen and progesterone um, are very low during the time we're actually having our period. So that's why a lot of patients will say to me, you know, I feel crazy before my period, but once the bleed starts, I actually feel really good. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my head, you know. Mm. And so this is is the feeling that I want people to have all the time. So estrogen and progesterone are quite low during our period. And then the next thing that happens halfway through the month is that we release an egg or we ovulate. Mm -hmm. And that's where particularly estrogen will have a bit of a peak. And then the next thing that happens is a week before our period, our progesterone will have a peak uh, at that time uh, to then bring on the period. So when you have a blood test done to check your hormone levels, uh, the day on which you have your blood checked, it, it makes a big difference to reading the actual pathology. So what I mean is that if you are on day three of your period and you get your hormones checked, both hormones will look low. Mm -hmm. If you get your blood pathology checked a week before your period is due, then your progesterone will look high. So if you're going to someone who's not trained in hormones, Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe you're just going to like a general, you know, like a GP or something like that that's not uh, trained in hormones so much and they just do one blood test and tell you that your hormones are fine, how can they come to that conclusion through one blood test? You know, it actually requires more than one test and the day at which the blood is taken is also very important. If um, estrogen is uh, sitting higher in the body, you'll often find, not all the time, but you'll often find that those women might hold on to more weight in the hips, thighs or breast areas, so the more more womanly areas, Mm -hmm. I guess you could call it. They'll hold on more weight. Um, They will also feel the heat more, so Mm. they need to turn the air conditioning on or they they feel sweaty. Um, And they can also be quite emotional during the middle part of their cycle, like during the ovulation time. If someone has more of a progesterone imbalance, you'll find that they might have dry skin, dry hair, acne around the jawline, constipation and are also um, very irritable before their period comes on. And um, so that's that's very generalised mm-hmm. what I've described there. There's sort of those two types of women and the first thing that we need to do is identify what type of, uh, you know, uh, what type of woman are they? Are mm-hmm. they more uh, estrogen-dominant person or a progesterone-dominant person and then work from there, do some blood testing and uh, correct the situation? And what are some things that, you know, we women can do to, um, let's say, positively affect uh, our hormonal levels like ourselves to take a little bit back control? Because um, if I remember correctly, like having a lot of cortisol, for example, blocks the production of progesterone. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. So this is one of the main reasons why people find it hard to get pregnant. Yeah. Because of their stress hormone their stress hormone is too high so their progesterone is blocked 
and then they can't get pregnant. Yeah, so, definitely. So another, coming back like, to the nothingness, but like other other things that, you know, people can do proactively. Absolutely. Uh, so another thing that people can do proactively is make sure that their diet is high in foods that are going to uh, keep their hormones uh, balanced or clear excess hormone from their body. So let me give you an example of that. If um, somebody eats a lot of estrogenic type foods, such as uh, chicken that is not organic or bottled water that contains xenoestrogens or farmed fish that can contain estrogens, uh, these types of foods contain chemical or uh, man-made type estrogens that are going to actually affect our hormone levels. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we try and eat more uh, hormone-clearing foods like bitter foods, lemon and lime and uh, uh, rocket arugula, depending mm -hmm. on what uh, country you're in, or uh, uh, coriander, mm -hmm. basil, Uh, broccoli is a huge one, um, and kale, and a lot of these dark green leafy type uh, vegetables and herbs, these sorts of ingredients are going to clear excess hormone out of the body. And in actual fact, there's a lot of companies now who are making uh, natural medicines for hormone clearance out of broccoli powder. Broccoli and coriander powder, two of the most um, powerful ingredients when it comes to clearing excess hormone. Wow. They're even using it now uh, to clear excess estrogen in cases of breast cancer, mm. and and the you know the, the 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 person with the cancer gets their blood tested every three months, and you can see that the coriander and the broccoli alone are actually reducing the amount of estrogen in their body, which is fantastic. Wow. So yeah, so that so they're the two main recommendations I would say in regards to diet is um, eating more of your greens, your dark green leafy vegetables and bitter type foods and eating less of your hormone-related foods, which would be, you know, chicken, bottled water, non-organic forms of uh, tofu and soy milk. So mm -hmm. that's non-organic, uh, these sorts of things. So, yeah. And is there something that we can do to um, push our level of progesterone? Hmm. Okay. To push your levels of progesterone in a natural sense, mm -hmm. obviously the most powerful way of doing it is through herbal medicine, but would need to be done by, you know, being see seeing a practitioner. Um, but if we're trying to do it at home, uh, it's not that there are uh, foods that are particularly progesterogenic. Mm. It's more the best way to boost your progesterone is to what you said before, reduce your cortisol, mm. reduce your stress hormone. You if you reduce that one, the progesterone will jump up all by itself. Um, so reducing the stress hormone in the body, listening to the nothingness, giving yourself time out, and um, even things like uh, making sure that you uh, eat a healthy diet high in B vitamins, which is uh, really important for our stress response and our uh, liver can help as well. So B vitamins is things like pumpkin seeds and mushrooms and figs and, again, coriander and basil and parsley. These sorts of foods uh, can be really good for our stress response. But ultimately our stress response comes from, comes from our mind. Mm. 
Uh, see, everything comes back to the mind yeah. at the end, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. It's just so powerful. I mean, it just, you know, for, for everybody listening, for you to understand, 95% of the things that we're doing is just, you know, um, controlled by our subconscious mind. You don't even realize that you're doing the things the way you're doing them, but your mind is in control. You're not. And so... yeah having let's say uh, a balanced or a well-centered mind in that sense um is like is so powerful um that um yeah you, you, you like that would be a whole nother episode or even maybe probably a series of episodes but um just you know know that your mind and the beliefs that you have all, all those kind of things um is super powerful and not to be underestimated so one quick question, Vi you mentioned vitamin B, like why is it so important? Because now I've, I've seen it like a couple of, of times popping up and um, it always seems like so important. I don't like, I'm not familiar with vitamin B. What, why is it so important? What does it actually do to us? Okay. So yeah, uh, vitamin B is like an umbrella term for all the B vitamins that um, exist. There's vitamin B1, B2, B3, mm -hmm. B6, B9, which is also called folic acid. They have common names as well. Now, B vitamins are very, very important for our energy, our mental clarity, our concentration, and our nervous system. And in today's day and age, Uh, we have uh, this situation where our minds are constantly busy. Mm -hmm. So therefore, our brain is going to be using a lot more B vitamin than what it may have 200 years ago. So I have found from doing a lot of uh, blood testing in my clinic that I would say a good 70% of uh, people suffer from some kind of B vitamin deficiency. Mm. And by taking a good quality B vitamin, it's one of the easiest ways to get yourself back into balance and to help reduce stress or cortisol levels uh, in the body. Um, when you look at someone's blood under a microscope, mm -hmm. uh, if they are lacking in B vitamins, you'll see different size cells. There'll be some little ones, some big ones, some medium ones. They'll all be different sizes. And um, that's one of the easiest ways to check it. And it can also be done through pathology. And it's as simple as taking a tablet a day. So if you're looking for a good uh, multivitamin or some one thing that you can take every day to help with your stress, I would recommend the Bs, the B vitamins, definitely. And it was, it's, you know, looking at all these sorts of things uh, under the microscope and at people's blood, which led me to, you know, create uh, my range of products mm -hmm. uh, because I do be able to make it more accessible, you know, um, and when it comes to different medicines, there's different qualities of medicines and um, the way that they're, you know, that they're, they're made and uh, the, the, the outer coating of the capsule, all of these things make a big difference and it can leave people a little bit confused, you know, uh, which one should I take? Yeah, I saw exactly. this one on TV, I read about this one on the internet and how do I know which is the best B vitamin for me? Um, and that, that, that is one of the big drivers behind why I am, um, Uh, created the Kiss and Pharmaceuticals line of um, natural products because I just wanted to put the good stuff that I like into mm -hmm. a tablet that I can from clinic actually works. So yeah, B vitamins for most people these days is a very good idea. And how do we know that it is good quality? Mm. Uh, good quality 
cannot be defined by how fancy a website is Mm -hmm. or how well a certain marketing company is doing or that doesn't define quality. Quality is all about the structure of the tablet and where the ingredients came from and how it was made. Mm. And it is very, very difficult for your average consumer to be able to tell the difference between one and the other Mm -hmm. Uh, because as a consumer, what we really see is the advertising or the marketing at the end. I have found that some of the best brands that I have come across are all actually quite small companies. Mm -hmm. Um, In my clinics, we only use uh, practitioner-only products. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they are small companies, but they are companies that have made their tablets uh, in a special way uh, so that they absorb better and you get more of the ingredients in your body. And I think that when you're talking to a qualified um, integrative practitioner or naturopath, you'll find that most of them will be dealing with those sorts of brands. Mm -hmm. The brands that you see on TV or advertised a lot on social media uh, or in just general shops and things like that, it's – I'm not saying that it's not likely, but it's less likely that they're going to be of higher quality because they're more about creating the product and having high volume. Mm. I uh, When I worked in India, I uh, used to visit a lot of farms that grew herbal medicine and also visited a lot of factories mm-hmm. uh, that produced tablets. And it was absolutely incredible what I saw. Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget it. Um, there were some factories that were using absolutely you know rubbish materials and filling it into these capsules um and you know i spoke to them about it and they said look basically the customer just wants a fish oil tablet as long as it looks yellow and looks like a fish oil tablet then that's all that matters and i said well what about the efficacy and you know and they said oh who's going to measure the efficacy what does it matter you know and there's lots of factories out there that are making products like this tablet company can make lots of money and it's like this with everything anything you buy if you buy a car or you buy a house or a computer it's the same problem Mm. Uh, at the end of the day if you spend more money and do more research um, and ask the experts uh, you'll probably end up with a better quality product but they do cost the good quality products cost more money I must admit they do Mm. But you get, let's say, better health <laughs> through it too, and not just, you know, the let's say a, a tablet that fits your customer expectations from from let's say a, like a, a design point of view, if you want to say so. Totally, like the the most uh, the, the the most popular and most heavily advertised vitamin uh, multivitamin in Australia. Mm-hmm. I won't mention names. Mm-hmm doesn't matter about the name but the most popular one in Australia uh, if I compare that to the multivitamin that I have produced one of my tablets is the equivalent of taking 36 of the other one wow yeah yeah oh yeah. my goodness so, I know I know so it's just amazing you know and then people will take a good quality product and they'll say Rowena I feel so energetic I feel amazing my brain is working I'm on fire you know and um whereas if they're taking the other one they're happy they're taking it because they saw it on tv and it's well advertised but I I never really hear anyone giving me good comments about it so Mm. so go and seek out experts advice 
so um getting getting to the end of our of our time um one last question um if to if tomorrow would be your last day and you were able to leave your six-year-old self with three pieces of wisdom that you have you know acquired throughout your life now looking back through all the experiences that you've made what are three nuggets of wisdom i call it that you would leave with six-year-old rovina Oh, six-year-old Rowena. Gosh, okay. Number The first thing that comes to mind immediately is don't be scared of the end. Don't be scared of death. Don't be scared of the end. Uh, don't be scared of the final outcome of any of this. Just do what you love and help others mm-hmm. because that's all that matters. The end doesn't matter. There is no end, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know whether a six-year-old would quite understand that, but, you know, maybe – put into maybe a little bit different language. But, yeah, don't be scared of the end and just do what you love. That would be the first one. Second uh, would be live more like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> and if people have heard this whole thing, they'll know what I mean, not mean by that. But, you know, be in the present moment and live more like your dog. Um, the third thing would be enjoy life and spend the time learning and understanding why you were put here on this planet so that you can do a good job of it and make everyone proud. I love that. Thank you so much for being with us today. I feel like I got so much out of it and I'm sure all the other listeners will too. Um, Thank you for sharing, you know, so openly your experience, your knowledge, and um, also educating us a little bit better. I love that. So Um, how can people, um, you know, get in touch with you or check out your work, maybe even, you know, uh, purchase products from you? Where should they go? Sure. So uh, my website is www.kissenclinics.com. So that's K-I-S-S-U-N-C-L-I-N-I-C-S. So kissenclinics.com. Um, from my website, you will find lots of videos. You can then search out my Facebook page, my YouTube channel. Um, and from there, you'll find my products, my services, uh, videos and thoughts about all sorts of health-related topics. And I think that's a good point of call. Uh, if somebody wanted to make an appointment with me, either face-to-face or through Skype or phone chat, it's all available to be done on the website as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. So go and check out Rovina's page, uh, you girls. And um, thank you so much again for taking the time and, uh, you know, sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rovina. You liked what you heard on this episode, but would like to get more support? Just follow me on social media at the Olga Mueller on Instagram. Send me an email on olgamuller.coaching at gmail.com. Or join the wonderful tribe of incredible ambitious women on Facebook and the Women with Unshakable Confidence group. See you next time.